Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Square Ball Podcast. Welcome to the show. It's brought to you with Levi Solicitors. There's a 10% discount on your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Welcome to Propaganda with me. I'm Dan. There's Michael. And there is Moscow White. Uh, Possibly our most anticipated show of the season. (laughs) It's been a fairly bleak season at times, hasn't it? There's been a lot of uh, heartache and upheaval in recent weeks, but we were treated to the madness of Friday so Propaganda is a show where we find out what's been said about Leeds. We look back through the lens of the match ball. What did we get right? What did we get wrong? I don't even know what we said. I can't even remember <laughs> what happened on Friday. And as a just a genuine, complete mind masher, that one, wasn't it? Mm. How, how have things been for you? What was the aftermath like for you? Did you sleep much on Friday? I didn't. No, I think it was about two when yeah. I actually got to sleep. I, went, I think I went to bed about one thinking, oh, I do need to go to bed here. But then just lay there going, and then just occasionally just I'll just check. I'll just I look at the table. One I'll just I just see what that wolf's talk Twitter account's got to say now because and he's not stopped talking since. In fairness, it's quite funny, isn't it? Uh, but yeah, just enjoying it. Yeah, we, I mean, because you you went down to towards London for the weekend. Mm-hmm. I did. I got I had a train at about half eight, um, which was hard, it was hard work, and for reasons I think because the the irony is after all the Jake Humphrey stuff last week, somebody has actually mentioned somewhere in the comments here was the chair comfy on the way. To, it wasn't actually my chair wasn't comfy on the way to London. Good. I was on one of those new, you know, those Kurt Azuma trains. Chairs not comfy. You thought they'd have made the chairs comfy than they are. So I only had a, had a 15 minute doze, then traipsed around London, did about seven or eight miles, absolutely knackered on Saturday night. But it was good fun. I'm quite glad for the international break as well, because it feels like we can let this victory breathe a bit. We don't have to move on to another game like a few days after and risk losing it. We can just continue laughing about this for a while. Yeah, in principle, I'm against Friday night football, but... It's actually quite good that the, there was that on Friday night and then the weekend was just empty until it was filled with Frank Lampard's tears. So it, it all worked out very well. It was, right. So part one of the show is where we look at things from a Leeds perspective. We've got the feedback of our TSB Plus members. They get a feedback form to send, not a written one. Should stress we're in the digital age now because that'd take forever. We'd still be waiting for the post, wouldn't we? Yeah, I think they have to uh, they fill out punch cards and then we put them through a machine. <laughs> Correct. Yes, um, so they've sent in their feedback on general vibes on the match, what we talked about on the match ball, the well-being of some of the people listening. We'll deal with the Wolves half second in, in part two of the show. It does need to be stressed, though, that I'm not sure we've... Have we found a bigger set of crybabies this season? Are they as bad as Brentford? Um, worse, I would say. Yeah, because um, Brentford didn't even lose, did they? They were trying to take moral high ground, whereas Wolves, as you will, you will know, were lost. They lost that game. They've been absolutely unhinged about this. Mm. And I think it's... I don't think it's, as is often the case when people have a massive strop about something, 
you think it's not really about this, is it? And they seem to have some weird... <laughs> it sounds familiar. They seem to have some weird <laughs> chip on the shoulder about not being allowed into the big six or something, which I, was something I, I was admittedly completely unaware of. I didn't know they were either aiming to do that or being kept out of it, mm. but they're, they're all like... This is what happens. You're on not allowed what into grounds? it. I mean, Christ, Burnley finished seventh the other season. Uh, not in the big six, though, did they? More they were no. kept That's out high, by Kevin Friend. It's as high as they were allowed to be. There right. is, uh, there's top yeah. four pretensions as well. And um, as uh, our pal Eamon tweeted over the weekend, he said that the, you don't need a conspiracy to keep Wolves out of the top four. You just need to let them play all their games. <laughs> <laughs> and that will solve the problem. So it, it is this kind of, there's this weird... I don't know if it's delusions of grandeur about where they think they should be and that there are forces from Leeds fans. <clears throat> outside of uh, football keeping them uh, or outside of, of them keeping them away from it and also just like the extent to which they care. Like when you read the neutral match reports in all the papers, they're all like, yeah, it's quite a controversial decision to send off Jimenez. But nobody's saying like it's an absolute outrage. It's just, yeah, it's probably... It's up there with the hand of God in Wolverhampton, is this now? People yeah. will talk about it in 30 years' time. They'll be like, ah, do you remember that time he was sent off for a, a, what was probably a fair enough yellow, second yeah. yellow? It just felt like a very normal thing to happen in a game. Mm. But the reaction has not been normal whatsoever. No, but we'll, we'll get into all that. Let's save it. Let's park it for part two, because we've got a lot to get through in mm. that. But first things first, Jack, Jack Barnes, who, if you were listening to uh, stuff over the last week, Jack is the Wolves native who lives abroad, comes back for the occasional game, has picked some sensational games in recent times. It was the the Villa 3-2, the Birmingham 5-4, as, you know, mm. games around the West who, Midlands. Who would have expected so much fun in the Midlands? I know. No. It's, it's amazing well, every Jack, time we go. Jack got to go to the Norwich game as well, I believe, and then, obviously, to the Wolves uh, away game. So Jack has, yeah. Jack knows how to pick them. If Jack ever invites you to a match, go, go, go along. It'll be a good game. Be more like Jack. Um, Maybe don't sit in the... Uh, the home end. Jack's alive and well. That's the important That's, thing yes. to note. Yes. Uh, endured borderline torture, says Jack. Me and my dad joked at half time that to win the game it would take something dramatic again. But duck me, he's put. Obviously, uh, autocorrect is taking care of things there. Villa, Birmingham, and then this. We know how to pick the games. We kept the Bryn Lorgasms on mute uh, somehow, but at the final whistle, I managed to uh, managed a few of the classic Marcelo Bielsa, the double fisting, which is always good without any bother. <laughs> I said half the Wolves fans had left by that point anyway, but it was absolute limbs watching the away end. Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, there were reports. I did see some reports of some Leeds fans leaving at halftime. I'm not well. surprised. I mean, it was it did get terrible, and I, I think that's one of the the things in retrospect about the matches. Remembering that Melier, I mean, all the Wolves fans kicking off about the Jimenez second yellow, it also cost us Melier. And even though Wolves went down to ten, I don't think anybody was thinking, oh great, the best young goalkeeper in the world is leaving the pitch and we're 2-0 down and Wolves, because they were going down to 10, you'd expect them to just be ultra defensive for the rest of the game and I, th I was expecting it to be ground out at 2-0. So that moment was probably the real nadir when you thought there's absolutely no way that we're, we're winning this. Now Now our goalkeeper's off Because all they need to do, even if they have 10 men, is shoot from distance and Chris Clarsen will crumble like a trampled pack of biscuits but I mean, he was fine he was great that was probably true of him in September I don't think you know it's not mean to him it's not unfair to say that some of his performances in the under 23s were just dreadful over the first couple of months but there has been just this little vibe around him since January of him starting to get his act together and and him getting the hang of what he's here to do and certainly so on uh, Tuesday night the game against Scum 
some really good saves in that. And you're thinking, oh, okay, he's, he's getting there. And then big deep breath when he's thrown in Bailey Peacock Farrell style. Also made his debut against Wolves. Um, a great performance in a 3-0 defeat. Um, <laughs> after some people had perhaps highlighted his previous performances. Yeah. Through, through, the me, through the medium of video. Through maybe. the medium of a video compilation yeah. that was always intended. I only made that video oh, of was him you? being a disaster at York on loan to say maybe to, we didn't we don't need to I, I destroyed that boy's confidence to try and protect him is what you were saying. Well, uh, thanks, his performance thank, shows that his, his confidence was not destroyed. Thankfully, just our, like Clarkson, our beautiful listeners and viewers, Paul, Joe, Marky Mark, among those who gave credit to Clarkson for his performance. And you know, I, I mentioned on the match ball that I went outside and had a wander around in the car park here for five, ten minutes during injury time. But I did watch back the entire second half mm. and I saw the injury time saves and whatnot. And he did some really bloody good stuff there. Yep. So fair play to him. Yeah. I think I think in failing to talk about the game very much, we did we did miss some some sort of key moments as well. The fact that they nearly they well they didn't nearly score because it was a very bad cross, but they it was just after we had equalised, I think, and they broke and down the left hand well down their left, and there was a cross into the box. And if it was a, a proper properly hit cross, it was more or less a tap in, mm. but it just went all the way across. And it was the sort of thing that we definitely had the, a little bit of luck in these last two games, which has been lacking absolutely all season. And it feels weird to talk about luck in a game where more or less every senior member of the squad has ended up on the bench in pieces. But it feels like there were just little things that did go in our favour in this game. And I mean, I don't care. If it, I don't care if it's lucky. If we... well, no, I mean, the, we, we were saying this on the match ball as well, that the luck we had in no way sort of negates the the bad luck that we've had. Mm. So in the end, like, if we got a couple of things that went for us, that's deserved because of what the players did to actually bring the game back to the point that we were three to up and defending like a chance to equalise. You know, we deserve that little bit of luck because we had lost four players before 50 minutes to injuries, <laughs> not even counting Rafinha, not even getting there and... Phillips and Cooper and Joffy not being fit to play, but all sitting on the bench. Dallas being nobbled as well. Yeah. So all that stuff. And then, so then, oh, we got one little break at the end. It's like, yeah. Speaking of breaks, deserve it. we've got broken bones to come actually in this. Because I think a lot of this has been, the human experience of this has kind of been the all-consuming part of it for me. Like I've watched back the goals loads and loads, but it's like the Norwich game. Each time I keep looking at new things in the crowd and one of my favourite things of this has been watching the Wolves fans behind the goal because those lucky sausages at that end of the, the stadium got all five goals, didn't they? Mm-hmm. They got all in front of them, the lucky so-and-sos. Well, and the, if, the if, ones they who, if they hadn't already left. Well, this is, this is the ones who had their heads in their hands. It's, it's when you see the heads go, you know, the, the heads go into the hands and I think there's one clip where there's a guy when I think when the ball either, either overshoots, I can't remember if it's the second goal or the third one, but the ball overshoots and then he's kind of stood up giving it V yeah. signs to the away fans or whatever, and then it comes back into the area. I don't know if it was the Rodrigo one where it broke for a second time or whether it was Ailings, and um, and then he quickly sits down and puts his head in his hands. That's what's strange. It's the second one. It's um, when Dan James hits the bar and there's two lads stand up and they're like flicking Vs at him. It's quite a strange atmosphere because they're right behind the goal and everybody's just sitting down watching. And so you see these two guys stand up and start giving it to Dan James because he's hit the bar. And it's funny how long it took for that to then turn into the goal because it's all the same thing and when you look back through the tweets I can't remember if it's Graham or Phil but one of them tweets Dan James Chance hits the bar and somehow they still had time to type all that out and send the tweet before Rodrigo yeah, yeah, then, yeah. and in the meantime Bowley in their defence is just kind of I don't know if he's writing some tweets of his own he's just 
wondering about waiting for whatever happens. But they were also busy being concerned about Stuart Dallas, though. If you're to believe their narrative, <laughs> the liars. All very I will. Concerned. I will confess. By the way, I didn't. I didn't mention it on Friday because it just got lost in all the chaos. But I saw those tweets in real time. The Dan James hit the bar, and on our feed, it's slightly delayed behind real time. So I'd ha- I'd happened to glance at Twitter and seen that Dan James had hit the bar. So I mm. knew he was going to hit the bar. But I didn't think that a goal was following. I had no idea the goal was going to follow because, like you say, there was just that enough separation between that happening mm. and then Rodrigo picking it up off the toe end of uh, of Sam Greenwood and putting it in, which was which was brilliant, wasn't it? Let's face it. I've enjoyed that goal a lot more watching it back because all the way Rodrigo just is like, "Get out of fucking way, everyone! Yeah. I'm coming to score a goal here." Because we've we've been kind of willing him to do that more, haven't we? We've been saying he's not, he doesn't really sort of take charge of things, and he doesn't seem, considering he is, was bought as a striker. He doesn't seem to have that instinct of being desperate to score goals. We in the same him, way, we need like, him to be an angry young man. But like, but weirdly, Gelhard, you get that ex, the sort of feeling from him when he comes on that he's like, "I'm going to score here, mm. and no one's going to stop me." And Rodrigo's a bit more—I don't know—it just seems a bit more relaxed about the whole thing. Whereas yeah. this was good. This was him taking control and charging through. Well, the general sort of consensus on this: Ben Gillian, uh, Breadman, Jeff, Darren, Andrew from Brooklyn in New York says, uh, "What the fuck." Basically, is the the general feeling because it was really, really hard to unpack all the stuff that happened in one game, and that's pretty much the way that the match ball happened. I think it just mm. it all just poured out of our stupid faces, didn't it? And it's not really settled into much more of a like coherent feeling now. It just and especially because the, the those moments keep getting replayed, it just feels like a, an absolute game of obliterating carnage. It's quite hard to watch these kind of assaults on the senses that are being advertised as like a calm stress-free football match thanks Jesse it's not really working that is it <laughs> no but, um, well who is it um, Stephen did request in the comments says can we go see our GPs you and I Michael because we've both complained of headaches after the last two matches <laughs> he said it'd take the shine off staying up on the last day if one or both of you died of an aneurysm on the match ball straight after I, I have been feeling a bit like that it must be said in recent weeks a bit peaky <laughs> I'm generally a very calm sort of person as well like I'm, I'm Quite a flat makes it sound like a bad thing, but I'm quite, I'm quite, I'm quite an even keel yeah, yeah. generally speaking in life. But Christ, those those last two games have, have absolutely done me in. And I think the probably more so the, I think the the Norwich headache was just from pure celebration and not breathing for like the, yeah. the kind of minute of celebration that, that will do it that that took. But this the Wolves one was like a building stress headache, which then went into some sort of I don't know what it turned it. It was like it, it was the celebration mixed with it and. Again, I think I think Fred probably didn't breathe for about half an hour in that game. So. Yeah, more, I think more breathing. It was it was similar for me. I'd um, I'd been sat in this, I think the steam room and stuff like that at, at the gym, so uh, we'd like a bit dehydrated as well. So that always like rolls forward with me. It's like you've got to drink gallons of water to get rid of the you know the, the sort of dehydration headache is never fun. The and, steam room, what a life you what a life you lead. Well, <laughs> a gentleman has to relax somehow, Michael. But you're right about you highlighted the uh, stoppage time. There was nine minutes. The game finished on 99 mm. minutes, 10 seconds. And that's after the first half. The first half was 56 minutes long. <laughs> so there was a lot happening. And sort of the uh, the thrill of Norwich, we did have Melier saving with his face after Joffe's goal. So there was a little bit more, but not nine minutes of mm-hmm. of stuff to get through. And I can't remember any of it. No. The only thing I can remember I was, in the, I was in the car park. from injury time was Jack Harrison getting away. This is right in the last minute. We're getting away with the most obvious pull you've ever seen in your life. I think it was like a double-handed pull on Bolly and he just completely got away with it. Then we won the free kick in that corner and that was the end of the game. But that was the one decision I thought, that's funny. Yeah. Like, and because it was Wolves, I just thought, well, fuck them. 
more or less. Well, some my slight dehydration headache that then rolled into a. I never, I said, I said on the match ball, I had paracetamol when I got here, but it never quite went. And with the, the stress and the tension of the game, just came back as the game rolled on. But didn't suffer any broken bones, did I? Because we have had a, a broken bone in the feedback, not sent directly to us. I should stress. <laughs> yes, yeah, Sazzy went to a, went to a pub to watch the game. Depressed and losing 2-0. One of the lads goes, 3-2 will be grand. Yep. Um, and describing him as the Michael Normanton of the group as Which well. Which means depressive, <laughs> pessimistic. But then uh, stayed out longer celebrating than they should. Uh, and now I'm in A&E with my dad, who sprained, stroke, broken his ankle. Fucking Leeds United. That's good. You've got to get some war wounds, haven't you? I think um, celebrating, that's good. I yeah. enjoyed uh, Mancunian delusions, contributions, while watching the game in a pub in Manchester and finding gradually more and more strangers in the bar they were all Leeds fans and once the third went in this Irish nutter flipped a table full of drinks <laughs> and it seemed fitting for that game never changed Leeds which yeah I can picture that if you're in Manchester and that happens what else are you going to do uh, Chris with some nice descriptions as well says the best thing that Chris heard on the way out we were relegated at half time weren't we Steve ah yes I remember it well and he's saying the, the away end after the second and third goals was absolutely feral and that is a, a beautiful description and in the clips we're going to hear in, in the second half of this um, there was one. Is it, is it Georgia? Who's the the girl who filmed with her boyfriend and was got the, captured the away and very mm. very well. Um, but you might see the clips on YouTube. But we've got some of the audio from him in a bit as well. And uh, it was it was uh, it was kind of limbs plus plus plus, wasn't it? It was proper on steroids. A sea of humanity, I think, is the, the right <laughs> way to to describe it. At the, at the other end of the madness, we have um, we have Ralph who's confessing that. <laughs> put a five on Wolves to win brought Jimenez into my fantasy league team along with Wolves defenders left the pub at half time went straight to bed when he got home put his phone on silent and then woke up at 2.30am not been able to sleep and saw the score and was now frantically trying to re- record the rerun on Sky yeah. yeah I can see how that would have happened and also how people would have left at half time I think I w- I'm at the point of never leaving games well certainly not at half time because I, I was at the Southampton 4-3 and that was 3-0 at half time and I know a lot of people left then because they were like, oh, fuck it, just go to the pub, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And if you do that, you miss it. And you know, when you, particularly if, you, if you're going to go to Southampton for the day, you might as well at least stay for another 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 hour. Yeah, there's nothing better to do in in Southampton than just watch a football match, even if it's a terrible result for your favourite team. Exactly. An hour in a Weatherspoons is not worth having, is it? Over that. So, well, those are uh, our mate Wisconsin Todd, uh, who was on last week. Checked the odds, and we went out to seventy-five to one at one point to win that game. So. We did. We overcame those odds. Oscar, to do you, it. you put money on us at one nil. Did you? Did you? How much did you actually win in the end? I've not looked. I have a kind of a routine where I always put fiver on us to win before a game, and then when we go a goal down, I put another fiver on, and then when we go two goals down, I kind of weigh it up. And this time, I didn't go further than that because gambling is a bad idea. Yeah, and certainly if you're under eighteen, you definitely shouldn't do it. But if you're uh, over eighteen, you should only do it responsibly. That's my advice as I try to look at what the hell the bet was. Um, I mean, I had no money and now I've got 80 quid. So there I guess go. that's lovely that's, stuff. That's where it's at. So actually, that's what you want. <laughs> you'll, make, you'll make a fortune. <laughs> Guaranteed riches. That'll, that'll fund your, your daft bets to the end of the season now. This is basically it. Yeah, it's kind of. Um, you can throw it all away again, which is what, which is the principle of gambling. <laughs> yep. You will never beat the bookie. You never meet. You never meet a poor one, do you? You don't. One of the uh, the things that I don't think we mentioned this on the match ball, but again, it is just a big adrenaline fuel blur. Most of Friday into Saturday was, to be perfectly honest, was the Rodrigo Jackie chat. Did we mention that the little uh, 
discussion they mm. were having after the first goal, wasn't it, when Jackie scored? There was three of something that Rodrigo wasn't happy about. You could see him very much doing the doing Tress. the gesture. It was three times you didn't pass to me or you should have scored three or something. Yeah. I, I don't know what Somebody it was. Somebody in, um, I think in the Heroes and Villains nominations mentioned so it, it seemed like he was saying that we could have scored three passes earlier. So it does look like a healthy discussion, not anything to, and it's kind of, you it's 2-1 at that point as well. It's not like we're in front or anything, is it? And they're all yeah. going bananas. There's nothing really to celebrate. It was kind of, okay, we've scored one. How are we going to score another one? And so... And this is new fine young man leadership, Rodrigo. Mm. Well, this is it. Rodrigo is now Jackie's boss. Yeah. So <laughs> he can uh, order him about as much as he wants. And that's probably... Maybe that's, maybe that's what the but discussion it, was about. Jackie said, well, you're not actually my boss. You don't have the job title. And you're saying, well, I am. Mm. But he's a boss. But then Jackie's a son of a bitch. So... <laughs> You're just going to have an employment dispute as a result of this new management style. Jackie on the winning goal is great. You can hear it on the main broadcast footage from the live. (laughs) Then LUTV have it from uh, just behind him because he overhits the free kick and I think he thinks it's going out of play. And as soon as he he kicks it, you hear him go, oh! Yeah, it's a a proper squeal, isn't it? Just off on the LUTV camera, you can hear him. It's kind of like, oh, fuck's sake. But then uh, it's picked up on the, the big broadcast cameras you can hear Aileen going up mine mine and he, he manages to keep it in which by the way at school level would be a free kick against you saying <laughs> mine mine you've got to put your name on it Bill Bill so we should have had that goal disallowed for bad sportsmanship don't buddy encourage the Wolves fans but then um, <laughs> but then there's no sign of Jackie in the uh, in the big crowd of people running into the, the stands I've not been able to, I don't know if he's still stropping about because he's over his free kick and he's feeling bad about it but all of the goals were kind of like the game as a whole as well in the it, the chances appeared to have gone on all of them. It was like, ah, hit the post. Yeah. Never mind. Oh, well, we hit the free kick. That's going. That's gone too long. And we just. We, oh, Ailing's not going to be able to get back onto this. And every single, every single one, it was like, ah, mm. fuck. Oh, In yes. The, uh, <laughs> the first one with Ailing shooting against the post mm. and missing essentially because it's the post. And then did it take two shots for it to get it back? Because it goes back to Ailing. I think Sai sort on of the line. Miss hits it. Yeah. And then Jackie comes in and hits it. So every goal took like mm. we had to really batter them in. Yeah, it was very it was very Sunday league, all of the goals, truthfully. It was they were all kind of scrambled in. As much as there were some nice touches in there. The Robin Cock ball to Ailing for the first. Yeah. Delightful. We didn't mention that at all. Yeah. So watching that back, it's, it's a very, very good pass, that wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. And it's just it's one of those that delightful ones. Any sort of chip, the closer it can go go to almost being cut out, the better mm. it is. Like it's like if someone loves a goalkeeper and you can see on the replay. Oh he's got that. His, oh, no, fi- his fingertips yeah. just missed it by a millimetre. That's better than it be than it be having a margin of error on it. Because you so. came, you came close to averting danger and you failed. Yeah, exactly. Because you're pathetic. Yeah. I mean we'll talk more about Ailing in Heroes and Villains as well, because I, I think he's received more nominations than anyone ever for, for <laughs> it. So including probably Pablo, I think at Swansea weirdly enough. But it Well that it, was uh, that goal was down to Ailing anyway, wasn't it? It he was just, he brought it from our six yard box, so I don't know what, even what Pablo thought he was celebrating. <laughs> Just go over and uh, shake Luke's hand. And we need to talk about the uh, the final goal. That is one thing we missed Like in the winner going in. I don't think we realised the full extent to which the subs had actually just gone straight across the pitch. It's quite a long way. Yeah, and really not allowed. And it was yeah, yeah confirmed that, that no one can zero minutes for Leeds United <laughs> as a professional footballer, one yellow card. And somebody's found the stat, haven't they? It was somewhere? me, I, I looked it up. Oh, yeah, I looked up. Up. So looked- Mark Jackson, first booking for Leeds United. Uh, 28th of September 1996 so it's 25 years 5 months and 18 days between bookings <laughs> but so, he's, he's kept his nose clean in between times which is good news he has he has he's been a, he's been a real solid professional in between <laughs> but there you go um, if, if anyone knows of a better one I don't know if Peter Lorimer might have he played for Leeds for about 25 years didn't he ridiculously he never got booked for anything though did you no that's true knock somebody's head off and it was just a 
an Probably accident. Gary's, yeah. Gary's break did a full like right hook on someone, didn't he? Bobby Gould <laughs> knocked him out and just <laughs> just kind of hooking. Sort this out, lads. Come on. Enough. That that was a bit. That was a bit much. So I'm going to have to give you a yellow card. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was glorious, wasn't it? Seeing all the, all the subs get involved in that, and um, Calvin looked happy as well, piling into that. You can and you can tell it really matters to him, can't you? You can tell how much they want to uh, want to get out of the the relegation battle, and we've given ourselves the chance now. That's the thing with being in a relegation battle. It's obviously awful, but if this game was to finish to go from eleventh to tenth, you'd still celebrate it. Don't get me wrong; you'd really enjoy it, but, but it wouldn't be it wouldn't yeah. mean as much, would it? They added, they added jeopardy. I told you, mm. start of the season, like best best fun we'll have <laughs> is if we're in a relegation battle. It keeps everything interesting, and we just need to try and avoid it. We get those, um, you know, the Arsenal. 3-2 in 2002-3. It's the one that we always remember with Viduka scoring in the last minute. I had that twice in a week. Mm. Yeah. Like, and I don't know is if that you too, were... Is that too much though? We'll be getting ourselves out of this too quickly. I mean, if we beat Southampton, we, do we need to start losing again to get ourselves more involved? I mean, the, <laughs> there is that risk of... Uh, of Lose, losing so we can find some form again. I mean, completely, <laughs> completely, completely safe with six, seven, six or seven games to go. Mm. Yawn. The, the, <laughs> the worry is that if we think that now, isn't it? That if we're like, ah, we've d- those two yeah. wins, we can't possibly go down. We'll just stroll about Southampton, won't be a problem. And then, oh, no, we haven't won that, but Watford will be easy. And then we go, we're 3 0 down mm. at half time. like, well, we can come back and win 4 3. Well, not every Burn, time. Burnley so. beating Man City by that point. And yeah, it's yeah, let's just keep it in games. Just, just get it done. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Because we were talking via uh, WhatsApp last night, me and you, Michael, weren't we, when we were like, looking at the clips for this show and we're saying, oh, these bloody Wolves fans are a bit salty, aren't they? But then we just got into a conversation about, and I think this goes back to the headaches. God, this season's been so tiring. Like, it's been emotionally draining because it's been stressful pretty much from the get-go because we mm. so rarely clicked into form and I'm really looking forward. I mean, I said some time ago I was looking forward to the season finishing. Now, if it had finished six weeks ago, we'd have been denied these moments. So I'm glad we've had these moments because it has been tremendous fun, albeit stressful. Mm. But it has been such a tiring, tiring season, hasn't it? And it feels like it'd be nice just to get to the summer and just breathe again. I feel like we really needed these wins as well, just to, not to forget about Bielsa, but just to move on to something a bit more positive because if we'd lost them and we got rid of Bielsa, it would have felt so Mm. miserable. It'd have been like, we've got rid of this, like the best manager we've had, possibly the best manager we'll ever have again. And for this... (laughs) <laughs> and as it is we can kind of go well I guess two wins you have out of the out of four games that's not a bad return actually no. that's that's kind of fine yeah it is interesting to try and I don't know think about how much of this was a Bielsa win and mm. the players it's been and, mentioned actually as well Moscow yeah some people mm, said it yeah and what uh, you could sniff the Bielsaism that's it and there was a lot of in the again in the kind of the neutral newspaper stuff it was like this was a real Bielsa performance from Leeds and I don't know what Marsh is in an interesting position because he seems fine, you know, and keep saying that. And it's not a kind of a, we should, he shouldn't be here or anything. But so far, like I said, we're going to reduce the stress and we've not reduced the stress whatsoever. Got worse. We're going to stop bringing players back too quickly because they keep getting injured again. No, they're all broken. Yeah, he's done exactly that with Bamford and then he's sticking, um, you know, injured players on the bench for, you know, Cooper was right for 10 minutes. under what circumstances we're going to throw this half-broken Cooper onto the pitch for 10 minutes. And what makes you think we'll have any subs left to use with 10 minutes to go? And then um, he keeps talking about, you know, these tactical clarity and we'll go out with a real succinct match plan. And <laughs> we, we were good against Leicester and we were good with Bamford against Norwich and good with Bamford against Wolves. But apart from that, it's been, we're still 
you know, the other thing is we're not going to be conceding goals all the time and the XG against has improved, but we're still conceding silly ones and we're 2-0 down by halftime in this game and three against Villa. And there was a sort of an assumption that he'll sort the strikers out. So we're going to get rid of this stupidity of like, we're not going to be playing Dan James up front anymore and Tyler Roberts will go away. And then he's just like, no, Dan James is the striker and Tyler Roberts gets on before Joffy until we break it. So there's all these things that kind of either he said he was going to do or he was expected to do. <laughs> None of it's really come to pass. We should stress because you'll get pelters for this, but it's not his fault. It's just the way things have unfolded. It is. And it's, but it's also, I think it's maybe a part of sort of, it's a bit of time. So he's not had the, the full um, ability to stamp his kind of football line. But also, I think it's sort of his, um, it's credit to his approach, maybe, because he's not a, a godlike coach. He's more of a facilitator and more of a kind of coming in, sorting out a leadership council. What do the players need to help them go and do what they want to do, which is maybe what they needed at this moment is um, I likened him I think it was after the Leicester game straight away is that he felt like Jimmy Armfield coming in with Don Reeve's team after Brian Clough had done his best to break them in 1974 and Don Reeve told him to take that job he said they're the best team in the country all you need to do is pick the team and pick and get your win bonus I think there's an element and Jimmy Armfield because he was a lovely lovely man who just basically went in and said what are the problems and they'd be like well this is a problem this is a problem and he said right I'll sort that out just go and worry about the football. I think there's an element of that with Leeds now where he's gone to, you know, Rodrigo's terrible against Aston Villa. And gets, Look, Rodrigo, what's the problem? How can I help you go out and be a brilliant player? So it's kind of his um, his influence as a coach so far seems to be more kind of helping those things happen, helping the good things in the team happen and the players remembering the stuff they learned under Bielsa that means that they would win 3-2 against Wolves in a way that, you know, the Heckingbottom era and the Steve Evans era when we had Ailing and uh, Phillips and Dallas who were in that little huddle at the end, um, they would never have been doing that. So it's kind of helping them get back to the best version of themselves that we'd seen. But otherwise, he's doing absolutely sod all. <laughs> <laughs> Teaspoon in the comments said, actually, Bielsa lives in these players like a fucking ghost. <laughs> I <Yeah>. love it. <laughs> yeah, there was also on Bielsa-related feedback, actually, there's one for you, Moscow, which from Mark, you're saying... Um, Bielsa doesn't use the concussion sub for click and we end that game with Cresswell in goal and likely lose quite heavily. We did discuss during the game the possibility of Cresswell goal in goal, didn't we? Yeah, yeah we he did, seemed yeah. like the, the likeliest candidate. I think even Bielsa would have, because with, I don't know why he didn't use the concussion sub with Robin Cock, but he was getting the advice, wasn't he, that that's not the he was, reason. He was probably trying him. to play absolutely by the book. Yeah. Trying, he was probably being too fair. But I think, I mean, uh, Click's, cheekbone was in a different county mm. so I think even Bielsa would have said okay yeah I think we discussed during the game that it was the sort of game where Cresswell would end end the game in goal but mm. then score the equaliser <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then reveal because of the confidence of the man reveal a pre-planned goal celebration t-shirt underneath because he's <laughs> he's just got such a swagger about him as mm. Cresswell there was still plenty of time for somebody to knock class now mm. you know something like his arms to fall off or something <laughs> mad like that and enough had happened in the game that you were just, um, yeah, at 2-0 down and you were thinking, well, what else is going to go wrong? And instead everything went right. And um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see once things calm down and then we're not just riding on these kind of comeback waves all the time, like what we actually look like when we're playing what Jesse Marsh wants to do because he's a bit of a bystander at the moment, bless him. But the other thing I was going to say to his credit is that he's not doing any of the Lampard stuff. He's not taking credit for anything that he shouldn't. And also, he's not blaming anybody for defeats. He's like he's taking everything kind of on board, which is why I think it's kind of it's part of his his style at the moment is to just be 
It's living uh, in the, living in the moment, isn't it? It's all yeah. about this moment and what the guys needed in this moment. And the and quality moment. of men. Yep, and young he said, men. He said, "I think quality of men was about five times in the post match, and also pushed the game. There was there was uh, three push the games and one push the half." Okay, why is he pushing them to? Uh, to a three-two win. We just we just we told him <laughs> second half we got to get out there and with the quality of men that we have in this group we got to push the game and Good. we pushed the game. We did like the duchy to the left hand side. No, you passed the duchy, aren't you? I'm yeah. thinking of um, salt, and salt and pepper. No, um, well, I was, I was as well. Yeah. Uh, so you've <laughs> ma- you've mangled the musical reference. Go on, do can- do continue. This is it, great for the. Uh, is it when you push the pineapple, push shake, pineapple, shake the tree. Shake the tree. Yeah, I could do. I could do. There we go. Mm. Sorry, okay. a little halftime sing song of I could do, get them all out on the pitch and everybody feels a lot better and they can push the game. I'll be quiet now. <laughs> Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is part two of the show. This is the bit we've all been waiting for. This is where we find out just how salty the Wolves fans have been about this. Does it stray into delusion, Michael? That's what I want to know. (laughs) But you can... You can tell how salty they've been because, generally speaking, propaganda has a wider world of propaganda section. But there's just too much. Not this week. There's just too much. Normally, I'm trying to find little gems of things. Pretty much everything you found from Wolves fans on on YouTube was was it worthy of inclusion on this. I mean, it, it probably doesn't need too much commentary from us because these clips will speak for themselves. Um, you may have seen or heard some of them doing the rounds on socials mm-hmm. over the weekend, but let's not have that detract from what we're about to enjoy together. Um, so, where do we start? Finners. We've got a lot to get through, by the way. We, you, you've really put in the work here, Michael, so thank you. He's one of the more... Well, actually, the Wolves fans have done the work. Yeah. We'll give the credit where it is due. It didn't take much finding. Or was it Kevin Friend? This time. Well, Kevin, now friend of Wolves. There was that joke made so many, so many times. Yeah. One of them said, I think you should take out the, the R, because it's like Kevin Fiend. Uh-huh. And he, he was really proud of it. Anyway, he's not, I didn't include that because uh, well, you know, well, it, it sounded like he did. As you can tell, it's terrible. Yes. So, but Finn is, is he's one of the 
more reasonable people, I think, on there. But he had a couple with him who've come over from Mexico to see him and his play, <laughs> which is lovely. Uh, so this this clip starts with him thinking Melier's about to be sent off. Yeah. And then it just un- kind of unfolds. What, what, what happens from there? <laughs> well, you can listen, can't you? That's not even a red card. That's a two-year jail sentence, bro. I think they may have sent Raul off. I know, that's what it looked like. Surely that's the other way around. What is going on? Oh, no. Oh, bollocks. How has that gone in? They've got one back. This is turning into a bit of a nightmare very quickly. Oh, God, they've scored again. Oh, oh, my God. And we go again. This is mental. Shoes! Oh. oh, he's free. Don't worry. Oh, bollocks. Oh. Ah! Oh, no. Oh, my God. They're all running on. I mean, this isn't allowed. And now it's 3-2. This is a nightmare. Yeah, this is what happens. Massive brawl. Ted Lasso's getting involved. Oh, the Ted Lasso trope. Oh, that was nice. I enjoyed that. Thank you for that. Oh, this isn't allowed. This isn't, well, this isn't allowed. It's the last It's the last thing you can do. We've all been there, haven't we? The, the powerlessness of watching other teams celebrate and just think, well, you, that's that's against the rules. So <laughs> you, fair. So you can stop that for a start. Do you think, though, when somebody scores at Elland Road in front of the South Stand that the lower tier is full of people just going, well, this isn't allowed. <laughs> yeah, that, that is. I can't believe that they're getting no, away with this. They're, they're searching their pockets for things to lob at them. <laughs> just come from the driving range? Yeah, if you yeah, if you happen to have been, maybe you try to do a bit of public service. And mm. Well, he, want, he wanted a two-year prison sentence for uh, for Melia, didn't he? Right. Yeah, I mean, for being he, kicked. He does have a strange uh, sense of justice. <laughs> That is funny, isn't it? I mean, because in what world does anyone see that? And I, and I know you've got the real-time myopic view of fans inside a stadium, so you don't get the benefit of the replay, and you see two players coming together, so your natural disposition is going to be, well, their guy needs to go off. Well, the next clip is uh, is Georgia Eden, and you can hear her reaction to the tackle, because it's absolute horror. It's I like great, foul it? on Raoul. Mm. That's good. I wonder how many times, because you must get, do you not realise as a Wolves fan how many times you go through like, oh, that looks pretty bad on him and oh no, he's all right actually. Like, yeah. It's like 10 minutes of treatment, it's fine. 
It's like, it, you must get used to it. It was like when Janssen used to go down every game. Yeah. And you'd go, it'd be fine in a minute. It'd be fine in a minute. You're still, do, you're still howl and appeal because it's the thing you do as a crowd, but you know deep down that you're mm. just doing it to try and influence the ref. But ref got it right. I mean, and, and most of the point, it, it makes up for the lack of the red card last season at Ellen Road that Jimenez should have had for booting. Who was it he booted by the touchline? Cock, I think. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Painful. Um, but yeah, he deserved it. And could have been sent off. It was a hard yellow, the first one as well, wasn't it? Because he went right over the ball. No, it, well, you will come on to this. It wasn't oh. even a yellow either. Was it not? That was all part of the... The great conspiracy. The conspiracy. Ah, the yeah. great reset and all that. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but let's hope the algorithm doesn't mark us down for that. Uh, right, next one from Georgia. He just left the cheer in. Yeah. I, love, so, I was expecting so you to, could hear it. I kept expecting her to come back in and say something, but she was stunned into silence at this point. No, I, I enjoyed the... Uh, That's bit, not fair. They announced the, the minutes as well, and someone goes, again! <laughs> did they think they were going to win? We might not need What did they think was going to happen? I, I think she was, at that point, thinking that we were going to win. Oh, okay. I think it because we had a free kick, obviously, didn't we? That we that announcement was made more or less as the free kick was taken, yeah, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? So they might not need eight minutes to take this free kick and to, score from it. It has yeah. to be said there was a weird symmetry with the um, the board being held up against Norwich and Norwich mm. equalising and us scoring. Maybe it kind under of uh, similar circumstances captures our players' attention. They're all just yeah. like, oh shit, right? Okay, it's the trigger. Yeah, it's the little. We, we better the, we better do a goal now, lads. This is the this is the great conspiracy, isn't it? That's the it's the board going up mm. that means Leeds United kick into life. Right? Okay. <laughs> Uh, although we conceded against Norwich, that doesn't work. Right, George's final clip. Rewatching it in the pub? She's in the pub right. at this point. Yeah, as you a bit stunned in the silence by the winner. It's not really Is her. Is she having a point? It's not It's not really her that you're listening to in this. This is obviously other people in the pub getting really cross about, <laughs> about the red card having seen a replay, and it's lovely. Oh my God, we've just rewatched it about second looking in the pub back. He didn't do him anything wrong. Why was he sent off? Nah, I'm fuming now because that completely changed the game. How is that a second looking for Raul? The keeper's miles off his line. He's going to claim it. Raul's the last man. That is appalling refereeing, appalling from VAR. That's disgusting. <laughs> that guy in the background, I'm worried about him. I'm really worried about him. Yeah, she's just a, a bystander at this point. It's like she's just the guy in the background is the, the star. <laughs> I mean, look, referee saw it and was I think was relatively close to it. And, thought, and the line as well. That was a booking. And the VAR can't intervene, by the way, because it's a second booking. Yeah, nothing so to do with the, VAR. They can only either upgrade it to a straight red due to a clear and obvious error or it stands. I think it's fine, isn't it? I yeah. think it, I, I just think it's funny. Yeah. That's, that's the one thing I think all Leeds fans can agree on. Whether it's the right decision or not, it is funny. Yeah, it really is. Jimenez was a lot later than Melier to the ball. So if you roll it back, it's not even about how much contact there is. It's not even about how um, hard the tackle is. It's why did he get there so much later and still hit the goalkeeper? And that's a foul. And the things you can get booked for in a game of football are so trivial. The fact that it's a second yellow, that's what they were like. They seem to forget he's been sent off for this and it wasn't even that mm. bad. 
Well, you can be, you can get a yellow card for just tugging somebody's shirt. It's you don't have to commit grand larceny or brutal assault to get a I mean, yellow. In the case of Pascal Strauch, you can be booked for just brushing past uh, Raul Jimenez's trailing leg. Yep. Whether you touch it or not, you get booked. Yeah, and so you do that enough times in the game, you will eventually get sent off for it. They were really preoccupied with the second yellow thing because if these bookings were the other way, other way around, yeah. probably no one complains about it, but it's the fact it's a second, it's a red. It's, like, but it's not a red, it's a, it's a yellow mm, and yeah. it probably was a yellow. Every Dan James yellow card this season. Yep has been for exactly this. Yep. And there's, we where never... someone, someone just kicks the ball, he just misses it, just kip, clips them, yellow card, yep. every time. And in those circumstances, the goalkeeper is normally fine, not hurt. So the fact that Jimenez has managed to actually injure Melier in the process goes into it as well. It's like there's mm. not, It's not like there was no contact. Our goalkeeper was bruised in his chest and had to go off. And I have looked up Kevin Friend's record. Coincidentally, he is equalised, uh, equalised, that probably that, that, was against the rules. <laughs> he has refereed us 22 times and Wolves 22 times. And both of us have had seven wins, seven draws and eight defeats from him. He's well, booked, it was evening up then, wasn't he? He's booked 44 Leeds United players and 39 Wolves players in his career. We both had one player each sent off for two yellows. And we have had two players given straight reds by Kevin Fiend. And they have had no players given straight reds by Kevin Fiend. But so, is that before the document went out telling people what you know what the, the rules are to keep Wolves out of the top six? This we've season? had, uh, I think it's penalties four. Can't work it out. But there's two, so we've had two off him, and they've had three. So if it's anybody's friend, he's the friend of the wolf. Mm. I think the other thing to bear in mind with Jimenez is as well. I know we don't tend to defend referees on this podcast too much, but like refereeing someone like that is a nightmare. Yeah. Because he is always down being injured. Like he's, Con- he's constantly trying to game the system, his, isn't he? His first, bu- um, his first booking was when he kicks Robin Cock straight in the shin and then rolls around himself. For no, for no, There's not a possibility he's been hurt in that. And then he he gets Strout booked for another dive. And you've got to th- say at some point, like, well, it's kind of his fault if he's not getting... The, if he's it's, not it's getting, the boy who cried wolf, like, ir- you, ironically enough. If you see what yeah. appears to be a foul on the goalkeeper, but he's rolling around on the floor, as a referee, you think, well, he's there's probably nothing wrong with him. If you've seen the way he reacted to the first booking, then you think, oh, he's probably doing the same here. He needs sending off. And he does need sending off because he's a filthy cheek. Yeah. You know that um, scar on his head? Mm. Yeah, it's real. Someone, someone in the feedback did <laughs> did speculate that he maybe shaves a line onto, yeah. into his hair to, as a sympathy thing, but um, that's what Phil Hayes Phil Hayes wanted to get off a transfer window, didn't he? We, yeah, yeah, we know this. That's true. Yeah, he did tell us, didn't he? He did. As a yeah, fact, a, that's a fact. <laughs> yeah. Uh dear. But yes, it it was a sending off. All I mean, stuff like that. Back in the olden days, we've always said we prefer refereeing standards in the olden days. Fair enough. Probably not a red, but mm. if you both go full blooded into the tackle like that these days. And you know it's going to involve physical contact. If you don't get the ball, you're, you're going to be in trouble. It's a 50-50. There was yeah. a lot of that. And it's like, yeah, it's a 50-50. But then if if Jimenez gets there first, the Wolves fans in the stadium go, ref, it's a 50-50. Don't, for God's sake, don't book Melier or send him off. Yeah. It was a 50-50. If it's a 50-50, you've got to be getting to the ball a bit sooner than that. Or yeah. getting even to where the ball is kicked a bit sooner than that. He is really late. Mm. Um, you, you mean you, you can hear Wolves fans in the stadium screaming for him to be, for Melier to be sent off. They weren't at that point assessing it as a 50-50, were yes, they? They were saying he's fouled him and needs to and needs to be sent off. It's like and also the idea that he was out of his goal seems to feature in some of this yeah, stuff as you well. Suppose like, you, you can't go over the, oh. the eighteen yard box line. It's like five aside, isn't it? You mm. come out your area, you're in trouble. It should be a, a penalty if yeah. you leave your box. That's yeah. the rule, isn't it? Yeah. Fact. The other thing is 
like to factor in kind of previous offences. Jimenez is a total idiot. Like his red card, it was against Manchester City, wasn't it? Mm. Where he, just stupid behaviour to Block get himself two yellow free cards. free kicks, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. And he'd, done, he'd just been booked for a tackle, if I remember rightly, and then immediately blocked the free kick and was just absolute dope as if refereeing doesn't apply to him. And so when you bear that in mind, like that's the way he plays the game in general, of course he is more likely to be the the aggressor and the villain in this situation because it's absolutely out of his playbook. He's a absolute bastard. <laughs> but I think I think that probably feeds into the Wolves' reaction as well, which I understand, you know, we're all biased towards our own team, but you can't sit and watch this in the cold light of day and not agree with how it's played out. But I think he's a bit of a sacred cow for them, isn't he? Possibly because of the injury mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. He's, he's, he's there talismanic centre-forward and stuff. You can't criticise Raul. In the, you remember when um, you said something about Zaha diving on Twitter and Crystal Palace fans oh. went absolutely mental? And it's like, mm. he's, he's a, objectively a bit of a diver. Like Villa, fans, yeah. Villa fans with Grealish as well. Yeah. Like anything you, if you ever criticise Grealish, Villa fans would be like piling onto you. And I'm sure if you said it now, they'd go, yeah, fair mm. enough. He does do that. He does do that for Man City. He never did it for the Villa. Yeah. It's yeah, a strange really one. I don't, I mean, I don't want to mark Leeds fans out as kind of saintly cases, but you remembering... Should. <laughs> like David Batty's career, and you'd see some of the stuff he got booked or sent off for, and you'd generally just think, you know David Batty, and you know what he's like, and you think, yeah, he's absolutely done him. <laughs> Fair play referee, like, yeah, there's no way he can stay on after that. And you don't get angry at Batty, because you just know what he's like, but, you'd, and same with Alan Smith, you'd just be like, oh, it's another booking for mm. Smith. He's gone, he's gone over the ball again. Yeah, yeah, he does it all the time, and you because you know the player. As a Wolves fan, you must watch him all the time, and just think, it's what I was saying before, like, how often you must be like, oh, he's down injured. Oh God, it must be serious again. Oh, no, like a couple of minutes of treatment, he's fine again. Same with the whole bloody team. You know, how many times did Connor Cody go down at Allen Road mm. with a, an, another head injury? And it's just... Um, they seem to lose the plot with all that this time around, I have to say. Mm. I, I expected uh, with a 2-0 lead and us down to 10, and them down to 10, I thought they would completely kill the game off with that sort of stuff. And I think the the madness of it all meant they just carried on playing and it probably did them no favours. They couldn't get it under control, could they? No. We were pushing the game. Mm. We were were pushing the game. Let's listen to more of these salty dickheads. Dazzling Dave is next. (laughs) Bless him, Dazzling Dave. I put a clip of him on straight after the game in here and and Moscow asked me to turn it down because it was too... It was too grating, so I've not included that, which included his, like... um, He was kind of like a a Ken Bates-style Midlander was his dad. Who was just like, I would use your boy, your boy. I've not put him in. I kind of noticed this with um, George's stuff as well, is you've got the people who were filming it, but it, I don't know if it's just a Wolves thing, but she had, I don't know if they knew each other, but there's some guy just keeps coming in and like taking over, like, right, no, I'll tell you what's happened. Never mind you doing your, your, I'll tell you what's happened. And it seemed like that with this guy as well, just like some old bloke wandering past. <laughs> now you tell me it was his dad. It's like, are you, are you doing your channel? Right. I'll tell you what's happened. It's like, leave it to the people with the, you know, they brought the phone cameras there for a reason. They're yeah. trying to get the YouTube views up. They don't need you. <laughs> You're not helping. Right, Dazzling Dave then. So this is reaction to the red card. Literally five minutes into the second half. Walt started on the front foot again. Jimenez was through. The keepers come out. Both have clashed. Looked very, very dangerous from Mozilla, the, uh, the Leeds keeper, waiting on the decision. From the referee, both players still down at the moment. Well, the referee has just shown another yellow to Jimenez. It's his second yellow of the game. We're on 53 minutes. Wolves are down. Now down to 10 men. That's very contentious. Very contentious. And obviously, given the decision against Raul. 
it's doing that weird thing of being a fan channel, if you like, but behaving like a commentator. Mm. I don't know why I need somebody in a stand to tell me it's very contentious. Very dangerous as well. From Especially earlier. when I'm watching it like two days later. <laughs> I know everything but here we happened are. in this game. Thanks for letting us know, Dave. Uh, let's listen to the winner. Again, it's the background, isn't yeah. it? It's it's always, just, you wank, hi, hi. Just the general annoyance that you get in the ground. I mean, I think every, well, maybe apart from like Brentford or somewhere where they're all nice, but every football stadium in the world sounds like that. When, yeah. people, when the opposition have scored, you see people going, oh, just fuck off, yeah. <laughs> all of you. That shouldn't be allowed. <laughs> exactly. Uh, great. Right, let's go on to uh, Talking Wolves. We've got quite a few here as well, mm. but they've done all your work for you here. So, uh... Yeah, I mean, they went off for a very long time, did, did Talking Wolves. Let's just get playing them. I mean, they're basically all on a similar sort of vein, but the the levels of, of upset are, are just delightful. So you know what's coming, but just enjoy it. To send Jimenez off for that is an absolute joke. It's a coming together at best. It's an absolute joke of a decision. And these kind of decisions change the landscape of the league. Absolute joke. It's a liberty it's an absolute liberty the way that he has sent him and his offer that him and his fuck all all game. However, that is never, ever, ever a sending off. Like I said, 2 0. We were coasting. We were absolutely coasting. Even the goals, though, were very, very soft at the back. Bolly's got to clear his line. Sace has got to clear his lines. It's pathetic. It's absolutely pathetic. I'm in Budapest. I'm in a pub full of fucking Leeds fans. They're loving it. I am not loving it. I am not loving it. <laughs> that little detail at the end. Perfect. I've been there as well when you're in a pub full of opposition fans. I remember watching us lose 4-0 to Leicester in um, in Spain and it was full of Leicester fans and just sat, sat there just thinking, it's the worst day of my fucking life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stay to the end. I came here. Like, I came here on holiday to have a nice time. But exactly. of course I have to go and watch the football because it's part of who mm. I am. And it's ruined it. It's fucking ruined my holiday and my life. Um, and Jimenez did fuck all, apparently, in that game. I don't yeah. know whether it meant like in terms of attacking play. I think or... it meant in terms of attacking play. Yeah. All right, attacking other people. Um, right, next one. Um, so there's an Irish fan. Is this on the, this is on the same mm. recording? Yeah, okay. talking wolves. They really did it all. This this was all from like a half hour video. Some hovel in Budapest. Here we go. It was swung five minutes into the second half by Kevin Friend. How he can turn Jimenez off for that? I I don't know. That was disgraceful. And you could say, oh, it's a sore loser thing. No, it's just it's just right and wrong. Now. That shouldn't have been a red card. Everybody can agree on that. I'm sure even Leeds fans could agree on that. Now, please let me know if you do disagree, why you disagree, because it is a red card. You can't, it isn't a red card. You can't make a case for it. Like, you've got to look at it both ways. Size probably should have gone off for Toti Gomez or someone, or Max Kilman in the first half, because he had a head injury. You don't think that Charlie Cresswell led with his elbow and hit him in the head, but no, no, no reprimands for that. God for a big Kevin Friend would give his precious Leeds anything. Bulls were cheated tonight by Kevin Friend. The decision turned on the red card. It's never a red card. Wolves didn't get anything tonight and Leeds got soft free kicks all over the place. And that is down to Kevin Friend. But seriously, you have to ask questions about the officials in this league because it's not the first time this season or indeed in general, Wolves have been absolutely 
really shafted by referees. It'll be forgotten about by Monday. It'll all be about how amazing Leeds were in the second half when really they didn't really miss a chance. Well, yeah, it won't be forgotten about by Monday because your fans are still banging on about it, you <laughs> cry baby. And just need to point, can we can I just point out this out? Um, he's saying it wasn't a red card, it wasn't a red card. You're right, it wasn't. It yeah, was a yellow, yellow card. It was a second yellow card and that led to a red card. Those are the rules. And I hope Kevin Friend sues you for calling him a cheat. <laughs> and they, I don't even know what he was talking about with Charlie Cresswell on Saturday. No, he seems to be in the first half and I think he's very confused. Cresswell did go in entertainingly late on somebody it was a, after he came on. That was a yellow card. Yeah, it was a big thumping yellow card. Mm. It was great. But just the same thing. You could, like I said before. Hang on a second. So you're suggesting it's a yellow card for catching someone late after the ball's gone? <laughs> yes. Right. The 50 50 doesn't mean you can do what you want, no. it seems. No, right. So, okay. Right. Anyway, this, the next uh, football genius here now is, <laughs> is it <laughs> giving us. Same t- video? Uh, all from the same video. Different people, but all from the same video. Great. Uh, so this is them giving their opinion on, on what you can and can't do when someone's been sent off, which is interesting. Where the game changed for me is that 50-50 between Melier, the goalkeeper, and Raul Jimenez. For me, never in a million years a second booking. The linesman has given that again. The referee's got his card out already. It's a 50-50. As soon as that goalkeeper leaves the box, he should not be protected like that. It's a genuine 50-50. Never in a million years a booking. Uh, the first one wasn't a booking either for Raul Jimenez. And Kevin Friend today, for me, was very, very quick and too quick with the yellow cards for Wolves players. And Leeds got away with persistent fouling by certain players, which were never penalised. Any other area on the pitch, I think if you lose a winger, a central midfielder, even a wing-back or centre-back, you can sort of rejig the team to try and sort of suit that. But when it's your focal point and your striker, that's when you're stuck because you're not going to bring off another player to go in, into that striker role. You're just not going to do it. Are you not then? Well, you can. Brenda Britain. You can do that. You can, you can yeah. do that. And they had loads of subs left, you didn't can, they? You can move players all over the pitch and do whatever you want. I just need to say as well, this, this idea that you can't protect the goalkeeper. Once he's out of the penalty area. Yeah, it's, it's not Star yeah. Wars. It's not the t- turn off the deflector shields, is it? It's not. He leaves the box. You can do what you want. Yeah. Give him all sorts of digs. Like it's, in, it's in WWE, they bring mm. out a chair, just whoa, take and, him down. And also doesn't mind, undermine himself massively by saying it wasn't the first yellow either because that first yellow was... Clearly a yellow. Yeah, undoubted. There's not... I can't... If he's... If he's done this video after seeing it back, then he's even more mental because he's. <laughs> and but yeah, I just thought I found it interesting. He's like, well, and also if you send your striker off, then you can't do anything. That's it, game. Mm. So Kevin Friend has forced us to lose this game. Exactly. Yeah. He, said or, he, uh, he targeted him for persistent fouling. So Adam Forshaw committed three fouls. He was our most fouling player and got a yellow card. Jackie can uh, commit two. Creswell committed two and got a yellow card. Stroik committed two and got a yellow card for him as his dive. <laughs> Uh, and then everybody else committed one each. So Greenwood, Rodrigo, who got a yellow, but that will have been for going in the crowd, wasn't it? And then Stuart Dallas won. Rodrigo foul, got Koch. a yellow. Rodrigo got a yellow card for enjoying himself. Koch. For enjoying himself. One foul by Cock. One foul by Ailing. That's all the fouls. So this idea that there was some Leeds player persistently fouling around the pitch, getting off absolutely scot free, doesn't, doesn't stop exist. Stop trying to bro, bring this back to reality, Moscow. So, so Jimenez. Kicked our goalkeeper to the extent that it forced him off injured. Mm. Yeah. In this 50 50. I'm doing air quotes now, by the way, if you're listening. 50 50, as this, this um, young man is detailing. Rodrigo just had a nice time with his friends. Mm. Is that the equivalent offence? Exactly. I mean, he, we had the, um, the angry Liverpool fan, didn't we? About how, how could he do that to a child yeah. earlier in the season? Melier's too young, isn't he? He shouldn't be kicked. He's too fragile as well. He's only a thin lad. He shouldn't be kicked by a big. A big Mexican brute? No. When it comes to persistent fouling, 
Wolves had three players who committed three fouls each, and the only one to get any cards was Jimenez, who got obviously the two yellows, the other two didn't get booked for it, and then all their other fouls were just one each from the rest of them. So, um, and also uh, no yellow cards for them. Strange. Strange that. Bowley got, what did Bowley get booked for? Because he didn't commit a foul. Uh, ball watching. <laughs> stood. That, that was a terrible offence, by the way. Stood staring. So apart from uh, Bowley getting a yellow, the only player to have had any discipline taken against him on the Wolves team was Jimenez. And I said this in my match report. If you are putting together a conspiracy to prevent Wolves from winning, what part of it involves four of our players leaving the pitch injured and them giving them a two-goal head start in the 50th minute? Like it's it's the worst plan ever. Whoever cooked that up with Kevin, like, okay, Kevin Friend, this is what we're going to do. Oh, Kevin, right? you've allowed those goals to stand. How could you? It's it's, it's all going out the window. And, and ignoring the fact that their second goal did come from the dive, which yeah. should in itself have been him and as a second booking. Yes, because even if there is a, a slight clip of ankles, which I'm not even sure there is, there isn't. He certainly takes another step. And then does these does his leap because he doesn't fall to the floor it's like not, a man. It's who's not a any, natural. No, he he take he takes another step and has a spring and then does like this. And he goes quite. It's quite majestic. Goes down like a, goes down like a man who's had a serious head injury. <laughs> yeah, and rolls about there. So he should have already been. He should have had three yellows. I yeah. I would retrospectively like them to give him a third. Upgrade it and give him an extra match bad or something. Yeah. So VAR can't intervene with a second yellow, but we can have retrospective action to issue a third yellow card and extend his suspension maybe by another game. I think that'd be only fair. Correct. Right, so the lad by the bins. Yeah, I don't know why he's recording here. He's in kind of like a back alley with some terraces, but it's really sinister because there's bins and there's like a pair of shoes on the floor. And you know, in that way that you sometimes find in like somewhere and you think, oh, well, sounds luxurious this, for Wolverhampton. Is this, is there been a murder here? Like, is there a foot still in one of, <laughs> still in one of those shoes? Uh, but he, he also don't like the ref. And the decision on Raul Jimenez is a fucking joke. Anyone with a footballing brain knows that it's not a fucking booking at all. I mean, his first booking's quite harsh as well. It's the fact of the referees genuinely looked at that and gone, oh yeah, he's dangering his opponent. When you actually look at the replay, don't get me wrong, the goalie has won the ball, but he's leading with an elbow and he's, if anything, endangering Raul Jimenez. But Raul Jimenez has got every right to go for that ball. If you're being, you know, super, super non-biased, benefit of the doubt normally tends to go with the goalkeeper. But that's never a second yellow card. And after that, it just completely changed the game. It completely ruined the momentum that we had in, in, that, um, in the game. I have to say, to be fair to the guy, he's correct. I did notice that when uh, Melier was running out, he was running out like that with his elbow in front of him, leading with his elbow. He's, got like very, he's very long-limbed. Yeah. You were neglected to mention that our friend by the bins is wearing a sheepskin coat. <laughs> I can't remember. Now. Yeah, he's, well, he's got a, he's one of those like massive John Motson style uh, sheepskin coats, mm. which I think just completes the what you wear to put the bins out after a three-two defeat on a Friday night, I guess. And just like if you're going out collecting shoes on the the back alleys of Wolverhampton, <laughs> he got those shoes from uh, Thomas Tuchel's cupboard. If that's <laughs> to throw back to an old an old reference there, an old an old joke. I mean, he is right, an old joke. I don't an I don't, old joke reference, an old joke reference. Yes, Correct. thank Sorry. you. Sorry, just yes. to, just to make sure we. Get that very clearly on the record. <laughs> but I think we'd all agree he does have a right to go for that ball. But he also, if he doesn't get there... You pay the price, don't you? Maybe you get a... And the, the idea is not a second yellow. There's no diff- There's no difference between a second mm. yellow and a first yellow. No, the, they, want the diff- they want different weighting, don't exactly. they? Exactly. It's like, oh, you can't... It's not fair to send him off for that. It's like, well, it is. Yeah. So, unlucky. Like, if Rodrigo had already been booked and then he ran into the crowd, he'd have, yeah. been, he'd have been sent off for enjoying himself. And that would have been even more ridiculous. Yeah. 
And you would say then, like, it, nobody's been hurt. This is a victimless foul. Like, mm. nothing has happened, but it it's a second yellow, so it doesn't matter that you will now have to leave. It is a yellow card. Moscow, the law is an ass. Well, the law it, is an ass. And we are looking at it in Wolves. <laughs> so, Bin Boy is he's furious about the referee. But Wolves are having a good season, aren't they? Has he been rooting through the bins between these two clips? Mm, it, it's possible. I think it was. I think it was all one take actually. Right. So maybe he's probably going to do that. Oh no, it's, it's the Liverpool lot, isn't it? Do that. Go, and have, go and have a rummage in the shoes. Yeah. <laughs> see, see if there's anything in there. Um, but, but yeah, given how good a season Wolves are having, yeah, you think they could have no complaints? Yeah, they've really taken steps forward. And this he's already, season, and he's already yeah. blamed the ref. Right. But he's not happy with Wolves either. We bottled it. These players are bottle jobs. And half of the players, for me, has to be a proper rebuild. I, I'm convinced that Bruno Large is not happy with this team. I am massively convinced by that. But we can't just go, oh yeah, let's just move on to the next match. No, this is embarrassing. And this, for me, just signals... this. For me, how I'm going to judge the rest of the season now is players that are going to be good enough for us next season. And I've already made my mind up on quite a number of players. I think, strip the whole team down, give it a proper rebuild, and then let Bruno sign the players that he wants. There's a concept, right? <laughs> Sounds like a vintage car in his dad's garage or something, doesn't it? Strip it all down. I mean, just just to give it a bit of context, where are they in the league? Seventh or something? Like seventh. They're doing really well. Yeah, they've got a really good team. I'd like to be. Oh, in they're eight. They're eighth now. Oh right. God, I'm so I'd, sorry. I'd like to be in their position. I mean, pushing for the European spots. Matinho, having spent uh, tens of millions. Matinho is old, so they've probably got him like a little bit further than they would want to. But that's the one player that you think, yeah, well, they'll need a new midfielder. But otherwise, like. They're absolutely fine. That is not a team that needs absolutely tearing down. It doesn't need Bruno Brooks in to tear it down to its bare bones and build it up again. Doesn't it just speak to the bullshit generation fucking YouTube football? Uh, also, but this whole this whole idea that it's embarrassing, Michael, and we've got to tear the whole thing down and start. No, you're, you're eighth. Fo- football yeah. teams lose matches and occasionally they get away from you. How Shut many have they won? Great big baby. How many won this season? Fourteen. That's a lot. It's a lot. And also, twice as many as, as, they've, as they've already covered, they're eighth now. They're not allowed in the top six. So yeah. if they'll do a total rebuild, they'll still only be seventh. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so what would be the point? Unless they, uh, unless they give Kevin Friend the price he wants, yeah. then there's always going to be a ceiling to their potential. It's there? just nuts, isn't it? Isn't it? I mean, I was tired going into like Saturday. This is making me feel tired again. <laughs> well, this guy's lively. So, oh, he, good. And he's got a little... He's in the car and he's, I think someone in the back seat is chipping in as well, which is... Well, I was going to say, well, thank goodness now we've dealt with the ridiculous, the the overstatement, mm. the hyperbole and all that sort of stuff and we can move on to something far more sensible now. The referee, the second half has been embarrassing. To have, to have a person running the football match like him, the way he did today, is embarrassing for the Premier League and embarrassing for English football. World football. World football. You cannot have him refer- referee a football match ever again the way he's refed it today. The, the sending off, which changed and killed the game for us today, is laughable. I've watched it back. It's a 50-50. Jimenez isn't high. He's not anywhere. Dangerously, it's never a fucking foul, let alone a yellow card to start off with. Yeah, he's stupid enough in the fucking first half to give away a foul and a yellow card, but the second one is not a yellow card. So he's killed the game off there to start off with, and the whole game is changed around that sending off. Second yellow, we should stress. <laughs> I kind of wish the better, someone had been in the back of the house going, that was a yellow though. Because he, he would have definitely hit them. Yeah. 
I mean, very, very cross. I mean, you can use as evidence the fact that the keeper went off injured by the fact they caught him. Mm. You know, yeah, there was definitely contact there, and not with the ball. Yeah, and, I, and interesting how um, Jimenez went down holding like it was like his abdomen, wasn't it? Which felt just like oh, I'll just grab this bit of my body. Not quite <laughs> sure where to go down and hurt. Just lay down until until I'm not sent off. Yeah, it was probably part of his plan. I mean, on the, I've watched it loads of times. And I can sort of see that. I enjoyed how long it took. Can I just say that? I yeah, enjoyed, it was, it yeah. was nice. Yeah. And Sorry, particularly because early on in it, we saw the yellow card in his hand. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. And we knew the linesman had given us the free kick. So you're, you're, thinking, like, you're, you're, you're adding it up. You're thinking, thinking, well, that, he's going off here. That plus that equals him off. Unless that he's talked out of it in the meantime by either someone, even a VR, I can't check it. They might be kind of in his ear going, well, mm-hmm, not sure about this. But on the on the tackle, like, I, I sort of can see why they think it was all right to do. But then equally, I can completely see why it's a yellow. Like I don't, I don't, I don't see it as the massive injustice they seem to think. An embarrassment to world football. And I was, kids in Japan were crying at this, saying, "I don't, I don't want to go out and play football tomorrow, yeah. Daddy. This is, this has ruined it for me." Yeah, I was intrigued by that because Wolves are kind of they have this global brand that their owners focus on a building sort of around them, but it's more um, so they. They have a big following in Mexico because of Jimenez. And it's interesting that um, whoever it was in the first clip had some Mexican guests. And that's why they had a green third kit a couple of seasons ago was just they launched it in Mexico. And they have like, apparently they have more social media followers in Mexico than they do in in England. But then the um, the Chinese side of things is their esports team is huge there. And they put loads of money into it. And it's all Wolves branded, but they're quite proud of the fact that a lot of the people who follow that don't even know that there is a Wolves football team in Wolverhampton or what that is or what it relates to. But when he's talking about it being like a... <laughs> Imagine shipping them all in and say, come on, look, look at this, lads, have a look around here. They don't, well, they don't need to because it's all just happening there. There's like uh, streaming, they have a gamer houses, so their Wolves team is in a, a gamer house or living together, so it's like a soap opera You're saying style. words here, I don't even understand what they mean, you know that. Well, the uh, the shame is the interesting part of it, because where he's talking about it being an embarrassment to world football. I don't know if he's kind of uh, tuned into this, because their um, they're Honour of Kings team, they bought the Honour of Kings champions what? and rebranded... Honour of Kings is a computer game. All right. And they rebranded <laughs> them. <laughs> just, for the, just for the benefit of the listener then, Michael and I both turned to each other and looked at each other saying, what's he talking about? <laughs> and they rebranded them as Wolves and sent them back out into the tournament. Are and they, they called Honour of Wolves now? Well, no, the game is called Honour of Kings. So <laughs> Dan- Dances the Wolves with Wolves? Team. And they, they lost and there is a video of their, like, their full, their season review where they, they bring these lads out, they all look like teenagers, and they sit in a chair, a little bit like... Um, Are they dressed as wolves? Big Brother Diary Room style, but with a soft toy in the lap. They have a soft toy of their mascot. Which is it is a not, wolf? Is it a wolf? It's not really a wolf. It's sort oh. of like a, an anime-style thing. And the um, one of them saying, like, as the commander of the team... I feel like I've missed an uh, open goal there, Moscow. Sometimes some decisions are made with hesitation. Um, where's he going next? Uh, sometimes in the team fight, made some mistakes... Um, what's his next bit? Is this like maybe, li- maybe because of my communication skill um, in the match, I will push my teammates too much in the communication sometimes. So they've got these poor lads. It's a it's is this a like Leeds Fury? Minute, yeah, but right. with, with but with more of a team. There's actually a, like they have people on the team, but basically they're being dragged on this video to basically explain why they didn't win at the computer game. Right, um, and it goes on for ages, and they bring them all. Do people care? Yeah, oh, right. lots of people care. Um, it's not for me. I'm, I'm wondering I, I if, play, that's, if that's filtered through. I play Fortnite with my lad sometimes. and I mean, know, admittedly, we did play... Um, I managed to brush off defeat quite quickly. We did play Championship Manager for 24 hours and yeah. people got quite invested in that. So maybe yeah. it's the same. I'm wondering if that's filtered through 
to this guy where it's like, this match, everybody should be absolutely ashamed uh, globally of what has happened here because he's paid too much attention to these poor young lads. Who I've, uh, sorry, we're, hang on a second, Moscow. We're just coming in from the Antarctic research base. Yeah. Uh, very cold down. Actually, no, they've just had a big heat wave because the planet's fucked. They're not worried about that. They're more worried about what Kevin Friend did at Molyneux on Friday. They're believe, just saying. I mean, those guys tying themselves to the, po- the goalposts, that's what they're, they're protesting against Kevin Friend, aren't they? He's the most significant global threats you that we currently it, face. It was an orange t-shirt. It was Stop Friend, wasn't yeah. it? Or Fiend, sorry, Fiend. So this guy's talking about his teammate. Fly wasn't confident and uh, can't achieve his best performance. It just goes on and on with them, just trying to um, perform this kind of real upset that they've... Uh, I've, I've seen his best performance and uh, this wasn't it. This knobhead's got another clip, hasn't he? <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. Let's hear that then. This is about how they played. You cannot defend the way we defended in that last 30, 40 minutes of that football match and and think we can win the game. Romain Sois is embarrassing. The second goal come from him from some shit clearance, lumped up in the air, lazy. And the third goal has come from a needless foul that he's given away. It's lumped in the box and we can't clear our lines for the third time, three times it's happened in one single half in 40 minutes. It's a joke. I cannot believe what we've watched in that second half. The referees killed the game, but we fucking helped. We cannot even think about defending that way again in a football match. Otherwise, we'll get nowhere. Apart from that, I thought we played brilliant today. <laughs> But apart from all that shit, <laughs> apart from the 40 minutes that was disgraceful and embarrassing, it was brilliant, wasn't it? He's saying there's other people in this car with him. I think, yeah, there are, yeah, because the, the person in the back is the one who goes, World football. So that's how oh, can you imagine? Just... Oh, dear, that was a treat. Hold on. Thank, I don't know. thank so, you for finding Thank you for that. was uh, Talking Wolves, wasn't it? Were they, were they the ones who were still, oh, no, it was. Bloody secret wolves, or, or wolves bloody... truth, or something. Yeah, I don't I know. yeah, still going now, like yeah. days and days afterwards. Well, they must have got a bit of uh, uptake on responses or whatever on Twitter. So you know, it's like feed the algorithm, pump more shite out just through uh, engagement content. Fuck off, <laughs> right? Let's finish on some nice commentary of the goals, shall we? Let's. Should we hear a clip? Do you want to pick one? Which one of the three would you like to hear? Should we go for the? Should we go for the Spanish coverage of the winner? Why not? Let's do that then. Yo. Ocho minutos va, va, el centro pasado para Eileen, Eileen la mete en el área, Bolí la va a buscar Straub, Straub en el área, está por Eileen, gol, gol, de Leeds United, del corazón, el corazón de Leeds, Luke Eileen. Yep. There's something about Hart and Luke Ayling. Yes. That's that's what I understood. I was just going to play the one, but let's let's play the other one. So this is the ESPN <laughs> Brazil coverage. So you've had a bit of Spanish. Here's the Portuguese. Vem a cobrança do Harrison, bem alta. Ayling cabeceou perigosamente para o meio. Insiste o Leeds United com o que ali dentro da área ganhou. Ayling bateu! Virada! 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 Situação difícil, luta contra o rebaixamento. Tem de arrancar da alma os pontos na reta final. 
Are you sure that wasn't a clip from Rafinha's? He captured it well. I don't yeah. know what he meant, but yeah. I did. I did look up Virada because he goes Virada, Virada. It means Virada. like it means sort of it's turned turn of events, a turnover. What a turn up for the books. Mm. Yeah. So that was enjoyable. What well, the rest of it meant? No idea. Doesn't matter, does but it? I enjoyed it enormously. Do you know what it was? It was the language of football. That's what that was. Well, I mean, we've heard some international coverage there. I'm I'm surprised they weren't embarrassed. Yeah. That, that, I think that's probably what he was saying. It's a disgrace to yeah, world this, football. This, quite a this game event. should hide itself. <laughs> In the streets of Rio de Janeiro, people are crying over this game because they don't want it. They don't want even to continue the domestic league anymore after what's happened in Wolverhampton. Making for the nearest binyard and just sobbing into an old trainer. <laughs> I was going to say we want more of this, don't we? But I don't think we do. So just some nice routine wins between now and the end of the season. Beat Southampton, beat... Routine what? wins is optimistic. You want to be routine defeats. Where it's, it's kind of a, couple of, a couple of good 2-0 losses to get things back on track, what we've been used to. Right, well, uh, propaganda will return then after Southampton, after the uh, the international break. We've got the, the weekly show coming up and we'll preview Southampton next week. But thank you for joining us for propaganda. It was fun, that. More, more happy ones like that, more mm. salty fans. That's basically what we want, isn't it? Not necessarily the the stress and the the headaches that we've had from uh, from watching Leeds United. It's meant we've got off from uh, a week off from Webby and O'Neill as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is yeah, a bit, yeah. yeah, good. Yeah, uh, they'll be miserable about something yeah. else in the next couple of weeks anyway, won't yeah. they? Costable. Yeah. Thank you. We'll see you in a bit. Yeah. The Square Ball Podcast. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Listen to this Acast show ad-free on Amazon Music with your Prime membership or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.